Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome back to Believe in Softball. I'm your host, Jenna Becerra, and I can't believe the Olympic softball games already came and went. It was only a week. That's what's crazy to me. And each team only played five or six games, but it was still just so emotional and engaging, and it it was just a really big deal. So there's a lot to talk about that we're going to get into today, but some reminders for ways to keep up with the show. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Believe in Softball. That's B-L-E-A-V. Subscribe to Believe in Softball on YouTube and actually watch the episodes as well. Okay, let's go through today's order. First, we'll cover our bases, obvious news and updates to share. Then we'll head into today's interview. So it is a continuation of my conversation with one of the greatest, two-time Team USA Olympian, Natasha Watley. So in part one of our Olympics chat, you heard us cover all kinds of stuff, like all the teams in Tokyo, differences between college and international softball, MLB support, and her own Olympic experience. The Olympic Village, the best and the less glamorous moments, trying to stay focused and enjoy the moment at the same time, meeting athletes like Kobe Bryant back back when, and the food as well, which if you know, you know, and so much more. So in part two today, we'll keep the conversation going and we'll talk more about her Olympic experience, softball's journey to get back on the Olympic stage now and in the future, and lots more. Then we'll end things as usual with the foul tip of the week where we share tips to help us get better. All right, let's roll. Covering our bases. The Olympics are still happening right now. And the rest of the sports world isn't exactly on hold either. You know, with the MLB and the NFL coming up, we're full speed ahead and there's plenty of action to get in on. So if you're into sports betting, bet online is where you should go to win money today. If you're a football better too, there are tons of futures and props you can wager on as well. Bet online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. So visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, pitch, whatever it is, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And when it comes to softball in the Olympics. So first of all, you know, the results. Japan won gold, USA won silver, and Canada won bronze. It's so weird that I can say that in like two seconds, like, because there's so much more that happened than just that, but that that's sort of the headline. Right. And I think, you know, my initial thoughts kind of coming out of the Olympics and during the Olympics, it was just really emotional. I watched every single inning of every game. And like I said, just that buildup. Over 13 years we've been waiting, right? And then it's only a week's worth of games. It was just like, it was emotional, you know? And it's like, we're not even the ones playing the games, you know? But I still felt that way. It was, there was just so much there that I think our community was waiting for and longing for for so long. Plus, it was also just such a mix of lasts and firsts at the same time. So many legends were playing for the last time, but then there were also like a ton of newbies who were at their very first Olympics and sort of that next generation. So it was just this interesting mix that we got to witness like all come together. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, it all ended up adding up to beautiful Olympic moments. But I'll start with Team USA. So first of all, Kat and Monica are the freaking goats for a reason. I mean, they were unbelievable as expected, but their pitching was just phenomenal. And I think I've mentioned before how like some of the pitching that we see in today's college game, for example, is just not quite the same as that prior generation or what we used to see with the Cats and Monicas of the world, right? And so it was really cool to get to see that on display and see that there, there is a difference between college and international. Like there are different nuances to our game at different levels. And I think it all makes it up into a very beautiful sport. So 
but seeing them get to do their thing, just so much lefty love. I mean, name a more iconic duo. I'll wait. You you can't. Like, it's it's Kat and Monica. And they complement each other so well, too, I have to say. Like, Monica throws the heat. Kat, like, just has that movement that's unbelievable. And I saw somebody replied to my tweet saying, like, they're fire and ice. Like, Monica's the fire because she melts them and Kat's the ice because she freezes them at the plate. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I have to say, incredibly impressed by Ali Carta as well. She absolutely freaking crushed it. Like, first of all, she was a pinch runner. That's how she made her debut in the Olympics. But she can play the field, she can hit, and she's a pitcher. Like, and then not only that, but she comes into that role having not pitched at all on the Olympic stage yet late in the Olympics against Japan of all teams and does amazing. And then they come out with the win at the end of it. Like, she was just so poised. I just think we can all learn a lot from her as just a person and how she handled the pressure. And also, like, young players. Like, that's somebody, I think, to look to, to to learn from, from the mental side, as well as what she does on the field. And it's so funny because, okay, I tweeted this also. I'm big on Twitter when in the during the big events, right? Like, Olympics, World Series, I'm, at, I'm about it. So I had tweeted, and this is true. Allie and I played against each other in college. So when she was at UCLA, she must have been like an underclassman when I was an upperclassman, but I hit a home run offer. Okay. I kid you not, when she made made her start in the circle for her Team USA at the Olympics, this is like her big Olympic debut as a pitcher. True story. I'm thinking, wow, fast forward from that day that I hit that home run to today, I literally, I'm on my couch eating Trader Joe's chocolate pretzels because A, they're delicious. B, it's like the Olympics, like it's time for a treat. I want to enjoy this. And I, I like almost start choking on them. And I can't help but think to myself, like, listen, think back to that time. I'm like proud of that. But then I hit the home run back then. She's the one in the Olympics while I'm choking on pretzels on my couch. So you be the judge of who wins that scenario. But anyway, very impressed by her. Haley McClenney is the real deal just the real deal. Like the way that she approaches every single at bat, every single pitch, so in control. Like that's something that I think is so pretty to watch in a player when they're so in control and relaxed, but then they're explosive when they need to be, whether she's in the box and she's swinging and she's attacking the pitch, or if she's in the outfield and she's sprinting to go after a ball, like she's very under control. And then boom, when you need it, she's on it, you know? And I just, I love that style of play. I think it was cool too, to see, like I said, you know, you have some of the the old school and the new school mixed together. You have some you have some people who just came out of college and NCAA tournaments, right? Like Deja Malipola, Rachel Garcia, etc. And I loved seeing, like I remember seeing a shot of Deja and Kat, both with like the rally caps going and just kind of cheering super loud. And it felt really cool to see the old school and the new school together. You know, it, it was against Japan in pool play. It was a big deal. And it just was some of that NCAA softball energy that I do think it energizes the rest of the sport. Like if we can bring that energy into pro, international, et cetera, it, it's a good thing. So I love that. Of course, there was a lot of conversation on social media about like the team itself and the roster, et cetera. You know, okay. Are there a lot of players who weren't on the team that are very qualified and talented enough to have competed for gold. Yes. You know, like, yeah, there's so much talent in the U.S. Of course that's the case. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was devastated by the silver medal. I didn't realize how emotional I was. It, like, definitely hit me later, like, later on in the day. You know, I got up at 4 a.m. On, here on the West Coast, and later on in the day is when I, like, actually, like, cried. And it was crazy. I was not expecting that. But it kind of took me back to like 17, 18 year old me last time in 2008 when the US lost to Japan and the same pitcher, right? Like Yukiko Ueno. And having like the same feelings come back was like more overwhelming than I, than I thought it was going to be just because we're also invested in this team and in, in being back in the Olympics. And when it was taken out, I do think like, was there a shift of talent? Like, did some players maybe retire sooner than they would have and didn't stay in the USA program as long as they might have, if it was still in the Olympics. Yes, probably. Like I think it did shift 
what our USA program looks like and how many players were like wanting to play for these last 13 years um, on that stage for this long of amount of time, it did change things. You know, I think it could have been different if the Olympics never would have left. However, you know, you look at just the game itself. Like, let's like, that's a big picture. Let's microscope into the game. You have to score to win. And frankly, like we lost two to nothing. Japan outplayed the U.S. on that day, on the day that they played this game, the day that mattered. They did. They made it happen. Ueno was unbelievable in the circle as usual, but almost especially so. And they managed to get a couple runs across. Like it is what it is. So yes, like, of course you can always like look for ways that we can improve and things we could have done better. And maybe people you could have swapped in or out or whatever it is, but at the end of the day, um, I think there's something that we get out of this, which is that Japan winning again, maybe it wasn't a fluke. You know, maybe it shows how global the sport really is. And you know what else it might show is that Japan, let's not forget, has the best pro league. They actually like make decent money over there. They get tons and tons of fans. So many people have come on the show and talked about it. Maybe that's what happens when you have a pro league at that level. You have some of these people who are still playing or this just high caliber of play. And, and it, it gives you good results in, in multiple ways. You know, if we get that in the U.S., like, wow, look out, right? So I think, like, that's a big selling point to me for, like, all right, we, we got to get into gear with the pro league because I think that's going to help. I mean, Sachelle Palacio said herself, like, without the NPF experience, she doesn't know if Team Mexico would have qualified. Like that level and getting those reps in with the best out there, that's what did it for them. So anyway, I think that's going to be huge. But got to give a lot of credit to Japan too. I mean, again, Ueno, one of the best to ever do it. Like she did it again. It's not a fluke, right? Like she's she's pushing 40. She threw the last pitch in 2008 to seal the gold. She threw the first pitch at this Olympics. And then she closes it out to seal it again in 2021. Like this is just goat-like behavior. I don't know. Like there will never be another. She is goals. And to see her get emotional too was so interesting. I mean, it's again, if it's, if it's a big buildup and emotional for me, like I'm sitting on my couch, of course it's going to be for her, but she's so stoic usually. And so I think to see that the weight of the moment affected her too, you know, gosh, like what it means a lot to the rest of us as well. I have to give a lot of credit to Goto to the lefty man. She was great. Like, Great. And that complimentary aspect between your pitching staff is so important. And I think they were awesome together. And then I also have to give a shout out to Fujita because she is a pitcher who hits. Everyone knows that I'm all about that. And to be able to contribute on both sides of the ball, she was the MVP at the Olympics. That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) I love seeing how many home runs Japan hit too. Like they were, they were just the most explosive offensively when it came to that. Mexico was, was doing great too. They had some home runs themselves, but Japan really like out of the gate, just had it going on. And then there's Canada. Oh, this was, this pulled on my heartstrings a little bit, you know, like Danielle Laurie came on the show forever ago, last year, over a year ago. And all she wanted was to get that medal at the Olympics. She's a mom. She's 34 years old. She came out of retirement to do this, to go after this dream after losing in 2008. Imagine being in that situation. You just miss out on the podium and you have no idea if the Olympics will ever have softball ever again. That was her. And she comes out of that, is vulnerable and shares her story with us the whole time and is able to get it done, like to, to set out a goal and then actually do it, especially when it's that lofty, like to me, it's just inspirational. And I have to say, like getting to see that final moment when they beat Mexico at the end, her have that moment in the circle to get that strikeout, to get the last out, like it was so poetic, like it was perfect that she was able to do that. And then it was no, no surprise that the first person she hugs is Jen Talling over at first base, who's been on this entire journey with her, as well as won a national championship together in 2009 at UW. But this whole Canadian journey that they've had over the last 13 plus years, like she was there with her, they did it together. So it's just, I don't know 
how you could be closer to somebody or have anyone that just gets it as much as they must understand and get each other. And you know what? Jen Salling raked. Like, she was awesome. I loved her approach at the plate. I mentioned that about Haley McClenney, about being very under control. I felt like there was such a maturity with Jen Salling. And she beat the Olympic batting average record set by Lisa Fernandez. I mean, she had over 500, pushing 600, right? Like, it was so impressive. And I have to say, like, when I played against her in college, you know how there's tensions, right? Like in in conference rivalries, et cetera. And I remember her kind of chewing her gum, playing shortstop over there, like a little bit, maybe a little bit cocky, like if we're being honest. Um, And I just, man, has she matured. She was sprinting her ass off after everything, whether it was offensive, defensive. I remember a wild throw got past her at first base. She sprinted after that ball to make sure the runner didn't move up 60 feet. Like the growth that I see in her from all that time ago to now, it's what it's all about. Like tons of respect for that. And then the fact that Canada, I mean, really, they just missed out of that gold medal game. I mean, they only lost by one run to both USA and Japan. And I loved seeing after having such emotions, after losing that Japan game, finding out that you're not going to that gold medal game, they were, they were heartbroken. They were crushed. You saw the tears and then they come back out and then boom, run, roll Australia right afterwards. And to be honest, like that right there was a sign to me that they were ready for that bronze medal, but it wasn't easy for them. Team Mexico, man, they're a special group. I have a special place in my heart, a soft spot in my heart for that group. This was their first Olympics ever as a country for for softball. And they went straight to the bronze medal game. Like, that is impressive. That's the caliber that we're talking about here. They go extra innings with Japan, who's now the back-to-back gold medalists in the Olympics over a long course of time. I just feel like they had such great energy. It was like a team over everything energy. You know, I mentioned the story about how they call each other witches and that's their thing, Las Brujas. They just had this, like, they even said it, they were like, witches over everything, you know? And I think that attitude is what got them as far as they went. Like, if if people start to think about themselves and go too inward and not think about the team, you lose that a little bit. But they just, like, did not lose it for a second. And I have to say, best uniforms of the Olympics for softball, Team Mexico. The all greens, oh, loved it. The all whites were clean. I like the all navies for USA too, but I think there's just something about the Mexico colors and the way they did it. And I, I just, I really liked it. You know, normally I'm not all about the monochromatic, the monochrome as I call it. I like to mix it up a little bit, have different colored socks, whatever. But for some reason, like the head to toe, same color, like it was awesome. And then there was Australia. And so I have to say, speaking of like uniforms and the look, it was weird to see Gabby Plain wearing like a baseball cap and like a low ponytail, right? I'm used to seeing her at UW with like the braids and the low bun or, or something else. But Australia had some Olympic moments too. I mean, getting to see Gabby Plain's debut and her to get some innings. Um, again, this is like the new school, right? Like she's a current college softball player. And then have your third baseman be Stacy Porter. And it was her third Olympics. And she has just been there before multiple times. Right. It's like, it, it was such a cool dynamic to see. And the fact that they went extra innings with USA, you know, they, they struggled a little bit in terms of defense. And I think as the, as a, the country that has meddled in every single Olympics and softball up till now, they did not medal this time. But they had every other time, like they're very competitive. So I think in that USA game, we kind of got to see more of that, like best of Australia in that particular game. But I just, I have a lot of uh, excitement too, for the fact that we're going to be in Brisbane for 2032. And that's encouraging as well for softball to come back uh, when it's in Australia. So, and last, but absolutely not least is Italy. Man, they competed the entire time. Yes, they didn't win a game. They only scored the one run. But I have to say, like, the run that they did score felt very right that it was Erica Piancastelli who got that RBI and brought her in. And, you know, she was she was struggling a little bit offensively, too. But it's like she still had that Olympic moment. And Team Italy did not stop fighting till the very, very end. And that is something that you can't help but respect. I loved their... 
they're actually their team camaraderie as well. Like I felt this with Mexico, but I feel this with team Italy too. Like one moment before every game that I really felt that in watching them is when they were singing the national anthem together before the games. And you just, you kind of saw like the joy on their faces that they got to represent their country on this stage. And I have to say like, what they've done for European softball is huge because Europe to me is a, a, is a place that we need growth for this game. You know, obviously North America, you know, three of the teams, right? Canada, US, Mexico, they were all at the Olympics. Australia has always been strong. Japan's been strong. China's a strong team, typically, historically. There's a lot in the sort of APAC and North America regions, but I think Europe for softball, baseball too, if we can get growth there, man, that is going to be key. You know, the Olympics are not in Paris in 2024. If we can keep growing European softball, maybe it's going to change. You know, maybe that's going to be something that's going to get us even closer to just staying in the Olympics forever. So really, though, just so much because there's so much that happened. I can't believe it was only a week still, but every team, every country at the end of the day showcased our sport to the world again. That's the biggest win from this Olympics. It takes steps like that to help us stay on the biggest stage. Again, 2028, 2032, where you at, right? I think this was progress towards that. And I'm exhausted. I'll be honest. Like, it's not just because I I stayed up, woke up early, did all the things on different time zones and stuff during the Olympics, but it was emotionally exhausting for us and as a community. Um, But it's good. I mean, I think we want to have that feeling every four years moving forward. So I think this was progress to getting us there. And the last time on the show, Natasha and I talked about what each team and each country brings to the game. And we finally saw it unfold, obviously. We talked right before the games kicked off in Tokyo. And this is the rest of our conversation. You mentioned too, like 2008. Like, that's the thing. Like, when I've had people like you, even Kat and Monica on the show, like, I want to ask about it because I think it's a good learning experience. But it's obviously like, you know, it's one of those things where you know how people are like, oh, too soon, even if something's 13 years ago, you know, it's like, you don't ever really want to talk about it. But at the same time, I feel like you've already mentioned a couple of things that you like learned from that experience in terms of balancing like, you know, like the main job you're focusing on versus like kind of the external things, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. For you, what else did you learn? And is this Tokyo Olympic experience kind of like a little bit of redemption, hopefully, for you that you're hoping for Team USA? Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure on the redemption part, I mean, I think it's we're way overdue on the redemption. I mean, how many years is that? (laughs) So definitely hoping uh, that we bring home the gold and so so supportive of our our USA team and and making sure that they um, they they bring that home. Um, But biggest lesson like, oh, gosh, I mean, I think that that's part of it. uh, What we talked about a little bit earlier is like that balance. Cause I, I really do think that that team and not, and, and it's, it's, it's just, I'm not knocking our team or, you know, I just, I think we had like so much momentum and we, we had so much notoriety and like we were rock stars. And so I, I do think that, that it was really hard for us to balance staying focus, you know, not that we weren't focused and not that we weren't wanting to win or trying to win, but there was a lot of external things of just, you know, all the cool opportunities that come with being an Olympian that kind of, you know, kind of splashed the waters and, and, and muddied the waters a little bit and and made it a little, I don't know, you know, it's, it was hard. It was really, really hard. And so I think the biggest thing I learned is, you know, talent wise, we probably, that's probably the most talented team I've ever played on. Talent isn't everything, you know? So you've got to have everything working on all cylinders when you're trying to win the championship, winning a gold medal, like, like talent just won't get, won't get it done. You know, player for player, I still put my money on us versus that Japan team. You know, I, you know, it is what it is, you know, uh, we didn't walk away with the goal, but player for player, I think we were better than that Japan team, but there's just a little bit more that needed to happen. Um, 
and we weren't able to get it done. And sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles, you know, and like, it's still even to this day, like you said, too soon to talk about it. But I mean, it's like, I think it's a lesson learned that like, it's not a guaranteed, you can have all the talent in the world, but there's got to be this extra umph, you know, and I think it's just, it just didn't happen our way. And I, I think if that's one thing I had to like nitpick, then that's what I would say is like, it, it was really hard to stay the course and like get all of these women on the same um, wavelength and, and make sure that that was, we were taking care of that. Right. This reminds me a little bit of, not exactly, but it just of one of the phrases that we used to talk about during college, which is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Not to say you guys weren't working hard. That's obviously right. not not the right. issue, right? right? But just, right. Right. you know, like to, to the next level, like you're talking about, right. like yeah. to the best you, you guys were, like, again, the dream team, right. right? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, and even, you know, just thinking about that game, I mean, I mean, hats off to Japan, too, because, again, like I, they had studied, like, our every move and, like, knew everything. Like, I mean, they were, like, five pitches ahead, because they had studied so much, you know, and so, you know, it, it is what it is. And so, but that, but that's also the difference too, like that their grit and, um, you know, I wish we could do it over again. Yeah, I don't know, but you know, well, hopefully we bring back the gold in Tokyo. There you go. Exactly. And you know, it's like one of those things too, where the universe works in interesting ways. Like imagine mm-hmm. if it's either Kat or Monica on the mound and then Ueno's mm-hmm. on the mound and it's the gold medal game. And like, USA comes out on top and it's just what a like moment of redemption. Like we talked about, you know, right. like, right. I don't know. Oh I mean, I, they should take it one game at a time. Right. I didn't even think about that. I didn't even, Oh my gosh. How, how have I not thought about that? But that is a storyline right there. Like that's cool. Like either one of them versus Wayno, cause it's going to come down to the three of them, one of them, the three of them on the mound, you know? So um, that's pretty cool. I didn't, you know, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I just like, cause I remember, I remember distinctly watching you guys play against her and I remember her throwing like 70, you know, in the seventies or whatever. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, yeah. this is wild. Yeah. Um, and then knowing that she was coming back to, and like thinking about other people who are coming back like Kat and Monica and then like Daniel Lori too, like not just, mm-hmm. USA, right. you know, and Japan. Yep. And it's just, yep. it's really, really cool considering how long ago it was like that there right. are still people coming back. It's crazy. It's crazy. And it's beautiful. And I, I feel so lucky to, you know, be able to witness it and, and see it. And um, what do, I, I didn't even think about that. Like just like the universe working in a crazy way. So um, I, I hope we just bring home the gold. There you go. Universe is always working. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. I love that. That's awesome. Well, I mean, you've already given some, some great insights already, but if you have anything to add, it's like, what does it take to be the best in the world? It takes be having those blinders on, like, you know, just like defying those, you know, wants and needs to like, of those external distractions, you know? And so I, I think it just takes complete focus. Um, and just honestly, just really, I mean, and I, you know, I might talking about a team sport, but being able to sacrifice, um, for your teammates and to sacrifice for others and to, uh, really find your way to uniquely contribute, um, and doing it to like the nth degree over and over again. Um, I, it takes that, it takes that consistency of doing that. So I, I just, I think um, you, it's the blinders thing. Cause I feel like, uh, gosh, like now that I'm retired and post playing, like, I'm like, Whoa, like, wow. Like life is so crazy. Look at weekends. Look at like there's brunches. And like, I mean, I never experienced any of this stuff, you know, and like you're laughing, but it's like, it's so true. Like I was so, in my little sheltered bubble of softball and like softball was a life. Like I'm not even kidding. Like, I mean, I'm feeling, feeling like I'm just starting to come into my own and like really get to know me because my identity was being an athlete and just being a softball player. And so I, I, I do think that that contributed to 
being successful on the field was just being like with these blinders on um, and not really having a life outside of it, which is like not, doesn't sound healthy when I say it, but I mean, um, I wouldn't change anything now looking back. I mean, I really just feel like I just, all of us just sacrifice so much and we sacrifice so much for each other and sacrifice so much just to be on that stage for sure. It's so interesting you say that because the more people I talk to like you, like some people you've played with, like the current Olympians that are going to Tokyo, just all of these elite athletes, I'm starting to think, at least for a team sport, that one of the requirements to be like the best is to be a good person too, because the more and more I talk to all of you guys, like that is a consistent theme. And I don't know. I just think that, especially in terms of working together, like you said, because it's, Mm -hmm. it's not just like, who's the best. It's like, who's going to be there for each other. Who's going to show up on that day, all of those things. And I feel like, I don't know. I'm, that's what I've started to learn from you and a lot of Mm -hmm. other folks in this softball community of ours. Yeah, no. And that's like, I mean, that's so true. It's like, who is the best blend? And especially in a team sport, like that is so important. And I know that like when you're going through the, um, or when we were going through the uh, tryout process or they're forming the team and the committee, that's a big, huge thing. You know, I mean, talking to committee members post, it's like, who's going to be able to blend the most, you know, and you can have an athlete who's had amazing stats, amazing season, but like doesn't blend and that's, it really matters. And so I think that that's also part of it too, that I don't think it's a lot of um, hype, you know, like how well can you blend? How, how much can you sacrifice? How much are you willing to, um, to give, you know, to your team and and all those things. Um, And, you know, again, it's a balance of making sure that you're ready um, and making sure that you're, you're prepared, but also to like, um, you know, going into war with, 14, 15 other women, you know, and, and, and being ready to sacrifice all that for them. I mean, I would argue that that is, you could apply that to work in other industries too, like outside of just being an athlete, really. Right. Like, it's like, kind of like you said, you can have all the talent in the world, but like, that's its own type of talent to be able to do that, you know, and be that kind of person. And yeah, I, 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 just I'm starting to think that that's why Team USA and, you know, at this stage has had so much success too. Like one of the many reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. I, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Every team that I've been on has been um, a sisterhood that's like literally undeniable. Like there's just nothing, it's, there's nothing in my life that can mirror or replicate that sisterhood and that leaning on one another, not wanting to let each other down, um, just really being able to hold each other accountable, being responsible um, for your own actions, but like knowing that everything that you're doing is for the greater good of a team. Um, I I haven't been on a team where that was misunderstood. So, um, which has been a really cool experience. Haven't found anything to duplicate that that in my my post um, post life. So that's the hard part. For, yeah, for athletes, exactly. I think, is like, it's such this unique situation. I remember our coach in college used to always say, like, you'll never, to this level, to this extent, like, we all be working together in this kind of way towards the exact same goal, like, this hard every single mm-hmm. day. And I was like, right. really? Like, because you have teams at work, you have, you know, teams in other respects. It's kind, it's mm-hmm. kind of true. Like, I, I don't know. There's yeah, just something about sports in that way. It's the best thing ever. It's the best thing ever. Nothing, nothing duplicates it. Trust me, I've been looking for it and haven't found it. So I'm, I'm with you uh, on a smaller scale, obviously, but, but I'm with you. Yeah. It's hard. It's yeah. 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 Really, really hard. But for the Olympics, especially too, it's like, yes, sports are the best. The Olympics is literally the best of sports around the world. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm just, we've already talked about this a little bit, but if you had to summarize, like, why is it so important that softball is back in the Olympics? Gosh. I mean, my answers are so biased. <laughs> um, so I, I'm trying to find the unbiased answer, um, which is really hard. I'll take um, biased. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, bias is a competitive game. It's an awesome product. I mean, we've proven that collegiately here nationally. We know that we can get the viewership. We know that people are into our game once they are introduced to it. I mean, just playing it, um, there's no other game that tests you on so many different levels, on hand-eye, power, speed, um, teamwork. Um, you know, there's just like, there's so many elements to our game that makes it so cool. Doesn't discriminate on sizes, way you look. I mean, it's just a sport that anybody can gravitate towards. Anybody can play. Anybody can become good at it. Doesn't require a height size. Um, a weight size, it doesn't matter. Um, that's, what's really cool about it. Um, so those are my, I guess, I don't know if that's biased, but, um, I, I just, I really think that it's a game that anybody can play and be attracted to. And so I, I think on the international scale, um, it could be really attractive to, to any and everybody because everybody can get really good at this game. So, um, that's why I love it, and I think that that's why we should be in the Olympics because it tests you on every, on all those on all those different skills. And so, um, I just I think at the softball at its highest, most competitive level, it's really entertaining. Um, that's why. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably not the, the best answer, but no, that's perfect. I mean, that's not biased. Those are facts, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> those are facts, in my opinion. That doesn't really make sense. Opinion, fact, whatever. Yeah. We'll count them as facts, yeah. though, because yeah. it's true, though. Everything that you just yeah. said. I mean, mm-hmm. I think the fact that this sport is excellent, like the product itself, is one thing, mm-hmm. and then you add in the fact that it is led by women as well. Obviously, there's mm-hmm. men's fast pitch, and there are a lot of male mm-hmm. coaches and a lot of men that are part of this community, but it really is led by women. And I think that makes it so unique and cool and, you know, adds to the importance of like, yeah, we need to be on this stage, you know, not just for women right. in the States, which it's fantastic for, but women around the world. Right. Right. You know, 100%, 100%. So with all of this being said, looking at Tokyo specifically, what are the biggest things that you are looking forward to? Um, like the Olympics as a whole. Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously watching softball, I'm going to watch every game that I can watch. Um, you know, USA, obviously 100% rooting for USA. Um, but I just thoroughly love this game. So I will be watching all the other games as well. Um, if we have the ability to, to get to stream them. Um, the next thing I'm really looking forward to is I'm just a fan of track and field. I love watching track. Um, I wish like my inner self like wishes that I could run track. I just don't think I have that personality to be a track athlete. Well, you um, had the speed. Like, let's be clear. I had the speed, but I didn't have the mindset to train and run all the darn time. So um, that's where I missed that boat. Uh, yes, <laughs> 60, 60 feet at a time. Yeah, we'll, we'll stick yeah, on 60 feet at a time. And then, oh, we get to take a break and go play defense. And then we'll come back and run, you know. So um, good point. I, I, I thoroughly, like, love track and field. It's like the pure athlete, you know. How fast, how strong. Um, and I think third, I am looking forward to... Um, I'm always like, by, I love watching gymnastics. I yes. like Simone Biles. I mean, come on. I mean, the girl is making up and doing her own tricks that only men can do, women can't do. And like, my gosh, like she's really, everybody's saying like she's competing against herself. And so I think we're watching history there. And so uh, that's just going to be fun to see what she does um, at the Olympics. And uh, she's just really fun to watch compete. So Oh, the best. Yes. And the fact that she, I don't know if you saw this, but that she literally had a goat on her leotard and like on her shoes and stuff. I'm like, you know what? I love it. Like normally you don't see that stuff till like after someone's retired, right? Or something. But it's like, it's what's true is true, you know? Yeah. Claim it. Claim it. And like that confidence that she has, like, man, like that's, I mean that's fun to watch, you know? And so that's something that I can get behind. So I'm right, I'm right there with you. Like seeing her shine and, and already calling herself a goat. Like that's pretty cool. <laughs> I love it. I'm a hundred percent with you, by the way. 
track and gymnastics, and then I would throw in swimming. I don't know why. It's not like I necessarily watch all these sports that much outside Mm. of the Olympics, which I should. Like maybe actually now I want to ramp it up to support. But for some reason, every time in the Olympics, I'm like so excited about those three. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I know. Like if I could throw in another one, Simone Manuel um, has Mm. been fun to watch as well. Um, I actually, I got to meet her a couple years when she won the Honda award and what a class act um, she is. And just like, just a, I don't know, like a a living legend in, in my opinion. And like, just to be able to watch her compete and um, see what she can do. That'll be kind of. Oh yeah. First of all, shout out to Stanford because I have loved just having any association with her. Right. But then also like, it's so funny because I think if I remember right, people at school or or her friends, I can't remember called her swim on. And I was Mm -hmm. like, amazing. Like nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. No, (laughs) she'll be fun to watch um, for sure. So yeah, I, I look forward to, I mean, there's just so many like storylines and like so many other things that will emerge, but those are the things that I'm looking forward to for sure. Yeah. Just the fact that it's every four years too, it's not like a mm-hmm. yearly thing. It just adds that extra like element to this, let alone 13 years in between. Right. But just yeah. even the Olympics as a whole, like for all these events we're talking about, like, you know, yeah. we, our appetites are ready. Yep. Yep. So cool. Well, I would keep you here forever if I could. Um, I think like I've already, again, this is the third time I'll literally have you on a million other times if, if, if you'll let me, I'll, but I'll be back. I'll be back. I love this. It's so fun. I love, I love just being able to talk the game with you so much fun. Yeah, it's the best. I really, really enjoy it too. So thank you. And I don't think I had this game that I wrap up with every guest now last time, like we did our one-on-one chat. Cause it was so, okay. so long ago. It was like the fourth episode ever. So it's, it's just a little game called Safer Out. It's, okay. it's super straightforward. Basically, I'll bring up a topic. I'll bring something up. And if you like it or you agree with it, you'll call it safe. If you don't like it or you don't agree with it, you'll call it out. Okay. Does, does that make sense? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So the first one is shorts in the uniform, like the way you guys used to have it in the past couple Olympics instead of pants. <laughs> safer Out. Oh gosh, that's a tough one. Safe. It's a summer Olympics. <laughs> fair. I want to. That's fair. My only thing is the tan lines were crazy. Yeah. And I mean, sliding obviously is much easier in pants and all the things, but you know, I like the, I like the vintage look. So I'm going to go with safe. That's completely fair. I mean, you, you won doing that. So you're allowed to say safe, <laughs> but I had to ask. I had to, because I love it. come on. I love it. Oh man. Um, having slightly different international rules, like on the pitching mound or like the international tiebreaker rule, things like that versus mm-hmm. college, like having different rules, safer out. Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I want to say out because I think it would be nice to have some consistency in the rules with the collegiate game and in, in, in international having the collegiate game mirror because it is kind of like some weird funky things. Once you go to international, it's like you got to keep your foot in the batter's box and like just, I don't know. I mean, I guess some can argue it's different level. So, you know, just accept the rules or whatnot. But um, one thing I did enjoy about playing in the Japan pro league is that they adopted the international rules. And so all of those mm-hmm. athletes that are playing, I mean, it's like second nature for them. There's the, you know, the time clock on the pitching um, for the pitch to, to be thrown. There's a um, pitch clock um, and they follow that um, in the pro league. And so all those athletes, it's like ingrained in them. And so it's second nature when they get, um, the call up to play on the national team, um, they've already been doing it. So it's not so much a shock for them. Um, so I wish that there was some consistency that we mirrored um, international game and collegiately. I completely agree. I think you made a great point too, in terms of international and pro also, because we talk about how we want to build this pro league up, build a centralized pro league and then build it up 
consistency will help because if, if it's familiar to fans, right? Like, yes, I think that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. One safe one out. So we have like yeah. slapper Natasha and then we had like yep. shortstop Natasha so far. <laughs> yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> so the last one, maybe the tiebreaker here is okay. bat flips in international play. Safer Ooh, out. I'm, I'm going to go with safe. Like, let's go. Like, totally not my game, but I wish it was my game. So, like, my inner Natasha, like, would love a bat flip. But I was just, like, my outer Natasha, you know, like, much more reserved. Um, probably wouldn't have done a bat flip, but I can appreciate a bat flip. Because, man, if you are hitting bomb, like, if I was Crystal Bustos and, like, had that ability to hit a bomb like that, like, my gosh, like, throw that thing up and like celebrate, like, let's go. Cause you did that, you know, she did that, you know? And so, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm all about safe. Like, I think like bringing that energy and that passion to the game, I think that's what the fans want to see and be a part of. I don't think of it as negative at all. Like, I mean, some people think it's disrespectful. I, I think it's, you know, a celebration and, there's a way to do things, you know, if you're, there's a way to do a bat flip and be respectful and like, just, you know, pump up your team. You know, it's like now if you're doing a bat flip and pointing at the pitcher, you know, there's, there's, there's ways to go about it. So I'm gonna go with safe. Right. Honestly, after I, I, like, it's same with you. Like it was never really part of my game. I also like, wasn't necessarily this big home run hitter. Like you said, like if I was Crystal Bustos, great, but but I used to kind of be like, oh, I don't know how I feel about it. And then when I saw Korean baseball, like, I don't know if you saw their bat flips that are just like, it's like art. I was like, wow. And so when I asked you an international play, I was like, well, I've seen it in international play, you know, but for softball, it's like, yeah, I'm always, I'm always curious. And I kind of had a feeling you were going to say safe only because I had a feeling. So you had two safes and an out. So it's like slapper Natasha is like kind of winning in this yes. situation so i like to be safe i like to be safe so yeah i'm I'm here for it let's bring some more pizzazz to the game like we need it we're here for it yeah actually i just remembered too the first time we we chatted on the show that you i asked you like which way do you like to win better do you like to slap and get on base and be safe or would you rather like throw someone out, throw a slapper out, let's say from shortstop. And you, you were like, kind of like, oh, I'm not sure she's like, you were like, you know what? Slapping. Like, let's be honest. I like getting yeah. on base. So I was I like, know. I had a feeling. Yeah. I mean, the defense thing is like that consistent thing that I feel like, you know, is that the defense is like that consistent thing. Like you may, or you may not get a hit, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm still going with my, my slap hit, like pumping up my team getting the the game going and the momentum going. Yeah, I feel that. I like that energy. And I've liked the energy all day today. So thank you again for joining, Natasha. This is great. Again, you're a best friend of the show now at this point. So it is what it is. I love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Like I said, we had this conversation right before the Olympics started. So some things went the way we thought and some other things maybe played out a little differently than we hoped, right? And you know what, though? That's the thing about this game. That's how it is. You, you just do all you can to prepare and live in that moment. And the chips fall where they're going to fall from there. But in particular, you know, I, especially having talked to Natasha specifically, you look back at 2008 and then you connect that to Tokyo If you follow Natasha on social media too, you saw her reaction like right afterwards was really emotional. You know, for Team USA, the players across all the teams that will be retiring now and the fact that softball won't be back in the next Olympics. Like she has been in all of these situations before. She knows exactly how it feels. And to see like that emotion, you know, that's that's how we all feel. And she she's just been there. So it it really just it sums it up, um, especially the, the players who are retiring, like, you know, Daniel Laurie, Jen Salling, Stacey Porter, like, Ueno, Kat, Monica, like, these are all-time greats from around the world. And we, we saw some of them play, you know, th- that was it. That was their last softball that's going to be played. And I think that's a privilege as well. And we something we need to think about as we want to move ahead with the Olympic Games and having softball in it. 
But the bottom line is still the same. When Natasha and I talked at the time and now after the games, and that is just how special it is having softball on the stage, and we have to keep fighting for it, period. So with that, let's transition to the foul tip of the week. This week's foul tip is about manifestation. I feel like these days, too, this is sort of a key word that people throw out there to sound smart, you know, maybe used by people who do yoga and drink green juice every day, right? Which is not me for the record. But if you peel away the layers and think about what it actually means, you know, to me, manifestation means to believe you can do something and using that belief to make it happen. That belief part is the key. Because if you don't truly believe that you can do something, what makes you think you'll do it? Believing in yourself has to be that first step. Sometimes you fake it till you make it, but when we think and when we talk to ourselves internally, we have to reinforce to ourselves that our goal is possible. It's a lot easier to get a hit when you believe you can get one. <laughs> you know, in the Olympics, when these players face Kat Osterman, Monica Abbott, Daniel Laurie, Kiko Ueno, all these amazing pitchers, they visualize themselves getting a hit. And it doesn't have to be too fancy. Like, just hit the ball hard up the middle. Visualize that. That's what they did. And when they step in the box, they take that with them. It's not magic. <laughs> Plenty of people still struck out against these pitchers, right? We see it all the time. I did it in college with Danielle. Definitely struck out against her. But, you know, some get hits too. And it's because they believe they could and they put in the work to back up that belief. That is hugely important too. You have to put in that work to feed that belief. It's a cycle. It's a positive cycle if you make it that way. You know, have you heard that quote too? She believed she could, so she did. That's what I'm talking about. Like, it's kind of cheesy too. Like, I've, I've, you know, people have like bracelets or things around the house that say that. And, you know, it can be kind of cheesy, but it's true. Oh, yep. She believed she could, so she did it. It's that simple. And it's really, it's not just on the field, it's in life too. And a great example of this to me is Daniel Laurie and Team Canada got their first Olympic softball medal ever because they believed they could do it. She believed it, they believed it, and they put in the work. Team Mexico qualified for the Olympics for the first time ever and went as far as they did because they believed they can do it and they put in the work. And it's not just on this huge, giant scale that is the Olympics. I mean, I played at Stanford because I believed I could do it, and I put in the work. You can do that with any goal that you have in life. Belief and hard work is manifestation of your goals into reality. There's a reason we're inspired by people who do this, too. When we see it, we believe we can be it and do it. And if we all do that, imagine what we can do and what the world could do and how it could be. So that's it. Believe and manifest. That's the foul tip of the week. You've been listening to Believe in Softball presented by Bet Online. The show is available anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, wherever else you listen, including Believe.com. And you can watch the videos on YouTube as well. So subscribe to the show, rate it, write a review for it, share it with your friends. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Believe in Softball. Again, that's B-L-E-A-V. You can always reach out to me on Twitter at JennaBecerra01 and Instagram at JennaBecerra as well. Thank you, as always, for tuning in and catch you soon. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.